ACL Nation, what's going on? This is Around the ACL. It's Michelle Thompson here with Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione. And we've got a packed weekend coming to you that we can't wait to dive into. We're going to talk about some lines for the bets. We're going to talk about the NCC preview. We're going to do some buy or sell, the high school preview. We've got some special guests coming on to talk about some draft strategy. So really, really packed show for you today. Uh, Trey, how was your holidays? I saw you went to Disney World, so how did it go? Yeah, that's you know that you guys know that by now. That's my wife's like go-to <laughs> place. But it was my niece and nephew's first time going there, five and two, so they're like prime kid age for some of the the, the cool stuff. Um, and it was it was a lot of fun. It was good to be down there. It was my wife's family, so that was great. Um, and yeah, no, it was it was a it was a good. It was a good Christmas holiday for us in the Ryder household. Nice. The kiddos on the kiddos on your wife's side of the family. Yes. yes. Okay. On my wife's side of the family. Yeah. Uncle Uncle yeah, Trey. Was, Uncle Trey. Yeah, I was Uncle Trey. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Uncle Trey and and Aunt Sholby. Um, Sholby. Yeah. <laughs> they can't. It's so Close funny. Enough. Kind of like stuck. They couldn't say Shelby at, when they were younger, and then it was like Sholby, and so now it's Aunt Sholby. So All that's right. what she is. So I like uh, it. Yeah, definitely. We, we we did rent a house, and there was like like twelve people in the house, and I was like, I'm not, I can't imagine doing this five X, and that's what Anthony's got going on right now. Yeah, how'd that go, Anthony? <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh, hey, it crew. went pretty good. Yeah, it went pretty good. This one was I didn't have to cook this one, so it was like a you know a potluck style. Uh, so everybody brought stuff, but you know, still when you're hosting, you're trying to make sure everything rolls right. And, you know, the the the, the uh, Christmas dinner table setup was. 47 feet long so my my the lab in the basement is 47 feet long so when the table goes tip to tip i know we got 47 feet of table uh oh but yeah God. but yeah we had everyone uh we had everyone in here um yeah holiday was great uh i think we talked last week uh so my birthday's the 23rd the wife's the 24th and then of course christmas so trey i failed you man i, I was on a two hour per day run until the 23rd hit <laughs> and then nothing man i have been terrible actually i threw um i threw bags on thursday what is that whatever that date was 22nd something like that um have you guys i, I know it happens to a lot of people but where you go from man my release feels good my bag looks good in flight everything's on point and then you show up to a tournament and it's like I forgot how to play this. Like the bag would not come out of my hand. Like it wasn't flat. I mean, it was flat-ish. It was just like this wounded duck in the air, and my line was bad. I'm like, what is happening? But then uh, I actually um, started filming. Uh, Trey, we talked about, gosh, maybe a, two years ago, a year and a half ago, where I dropped the whole blocker concept, the levels of blocks, and kind of broke that yeah. down. So that's been something that I wanted to drop uh, as a tutorial or a cornhole science tutorial for a long time uh, whenever we last talked about a year and a half, two years ago. So I finally started recording that. Um, so I started throwing bags yesterday uh, for that and it, it, everything was back. So I was like, okay, whatever happened on that Thursday tournament, it's gone. So my my, my, my stroke feels good again, but uh, it was gone for, for an entire tournament. It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. Crazy I got in. You have it. I got in a couple hours into last week. And hours, wow. hours or minutes? It was about two hours total with a practice. Wow! Wow! So I played four games against my old man, so former ACL pro Eric Ryder. I okay. went zero and four, but wow. I scored thirteen points every single time. I scored nineteen. I scored fifteen, seventeen. 
all four games, Anthony. Here's the, here's the kicker that's going to hurt you and stab you right in the chest. <laughs> all four games, I had at least one round where I gave up seven or eight. It's just <laughs> it's like, it's the I have it. I have it together. And then it just one round, it just says, see you later, right? Two of the games, I was up 17 to 10 or better. And I lost those two games. So it's just like, that's going to be the kicker. If I get a one big rounds, Anthony, we're going to be all right. We're going to be were all you, right. Were you chasing points, though? Or was it, was it that scenario where you're like, oh, I'm feeling it. Now I've got to push a bag, you know, two or three levels. Or I got to do wide a open? Yeah, and you're trying all this fancy nope. stuff. And no, nope. okay. I threw him off the side of the just, board, off okay. the back of the board. Just wide open just board. Yeah. <laughs> just wide open board, just chucking bags off the back. Like, just bad. <laughs> Oh, man, that's hilarious. I had the opposite. I got first at league, and I was telling Anthony that, I know. Let's go. I'm going to brag on it, um, that my PPR has improved uh, half a point since Anthony pointed something out to me. And so then I sent him my next film and said, okay, now what do I need to do? (laughs) (laughs) We're we're progressing. We're we're doing a little progressive. uh... Shooting around a six now. I was shooting a 5.5, so we're good. Hey, there we go. Half a point is huge. That doesn't sound like a lot. A half a point is huge, huge, huge. I was proud of myself. All right, let's get into it to some better cornhole players than us. We got the NCCC (laughs) coming up. And uh, there's going to be two ESPN broadcasts Friday, December 30th at 5 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2 for college singles. And then we have Sunday, January 1st at 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. So uh, definitely look out for those. And, you know, a lot of us are not as familiar with the college players. So, Trey, what can you tell us for who to look out for? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's going to be a good mix. And I think this year is the most spread out that this field is. I think over the past few seasons, we've always had a heavy favorite coming in. Going all the way back to 2018, Matthew Stout was one of those players that was an elite level player that – just happened, so happened to be in college. And so there was a kind of heavy favorite there. Then for, you know, 2019 and 2020, it was the Austin slow bomb type show, right? We just, you know, although he didn't win both years, like he was the heavy favorite and it was a shock when he didn't win in his second year, right? Um, So slow bomb was kind of the face for those two years. And then last year, in, in 2021, Kobe Costanza was his heavy favorite. He came off an open win, right? He was coming in. Everybody's like, who's going to beat Costanza? And the answer was nobody. He beat, he wins the whole thing, right? This year does not feel like that. I, I look at the list. I say, that guy's good. That girl's good. You know, there's a lot of great players. Certainly, there's a short list of maybe eight or so players that have a chance to win this whole thing. But to me, there's no standout bar none. This person is going to be the best out of the entire field. I just don't see it. Now, there's certainly going to be some regional people that will jump in. The Carolinas are going to say, you know, uh, a player that's a little bit older that went back to school um, uh, and Jason Tyson or the kids from the University of South Carolina, that makes me want to vomit just thinking about South Carolina (laughs) winning a national championship in Cornell. But I've seen – Angel uh, Camarena um, and Avery Snipes. I saw them play and qualify for the national championship two years ago, and they were just okay. And I've seen them grow right here in the Carolinas. They're going to be a tough team to beat. 
We'll talk to Alex Rawls later. I know he's going to be a big fan of Chris Fagan, right? He's a really top-level player. Another player that's kind of, you know, one of those great players happens to be in college type of ordeal. So, right, so we're going to see how, how he does. Um, Zach Owings and Jake Brannon returning for another season in the collegiate space. They're going to be on the top of a lot of people's radars, you know. Um, also, some, you know, Noah Hughes, he was a big favorite two years ago. And then last year, he kind of fell off. He's in his last season of eligibility in the National College Cornhole Championship, right? He's saying, he's saying, I even saw him on social media saying, look, I'm trying to come in as an underdog this year. I haven't performed when I needed to. So this year, I'm hoping there's a little bit less stakes on him. And so I think that's a great mentality to have for Noah Hughes. So, you know, in the end, we had a lot of our great collegiate top players, heavy favorites graduate or go on to be a pro. Logan Chamberlain, now a pro, no longer there, right? Kobe Costanza, no longer there, now is a pro. Ben Brown, who gave, who was dominating everybody until he got to Kobe Costanza, right? Or until he got to that semifinal. Um, He's a pro this year. So a lot of these players are now gone. We'll have, we'll see some familiar places like Luther Slusher. I'm really excited to see Kimberly Jenkins. She's another Carolina player that has beaten top pros in open events on the female side. I think she's got Chelsea Hubbard level talent to be another female player to break into a final eight, whether it be in singles and or doubles at this college championship to be, to be a good face for the female collegiate game. So um, I don't know, Anthony, maybe you feel differently or feel the same, but to me, this, this national college Cornhole championship feels like anyone's game. And there could be 10 players that walk away with a singles title here in this one. How do you feel about it, Anthony? You got some people you're looking out at? Yeah, I got a couple. Um, I mean, so I'm looking at we have 60 plus just to kind of give us a sense of scope here. 60 plus baggers on this roster. Um, this is what I love about these formats is we're going to be introduced to a whole new pool of players and different talent. Um, Trey, just ballpark. How many players just to give people a sense on how hard it is to keep up with everybody in this game? How many players are in just players are in the ACL database? It's a lot, right? Yeah, tens of thousands. Uh, I it's over a hundred thousand. It's probably close to two hundred thousand now. There's a lot of people in. That's yeah. amazing. So you have a couple hundred thousand people competing in the ACL database, and here's where we're gonna have sixty coming out uh, here through through the college. But yeah, just kind of going through some that caught my mind. Um, uh, Crabtree definitely memorable because of the style of bag we watch. We all watch Tom Gustafson throw this unique reverse mamba or whatever we want to call it a righty who throws a counterclockwise or lefty bag here's another guy i know three people who compete at a advanced level with this style so it's very rare crabtree one of those and he's a guy who can go 30 rounds in the high nines with that unique style so i definitely got my eye on crabtree haven't seen him play a lot in games but i am a stat watcher of his and I've seen some pretty amazing stats. Um, so I definitely got my eye on him. Kimberly Jenkins, another distinct style. We saw her at Worlds. Um, you'll be able to spot her really quick. She actually throws with both arms. So she kind of gets them both going in the same motion. And it looks like she's double throwing bags. So 
very unique and memorable there. And if I, if you talk to Trevor Brooks, he's going to tell you she's got it. And he says, I promise. These are the kind of things that Trevor Brooks says. So he has faith in, in a Kimberly Jenkins. Um, she's got a win over a Megan Maupin. I saw her pull a win out of a tournament. I want to say it was Battle of the Queens. So she has the talent necessary to beat some of the uh, some of the elites. Of course, Jake Brennan on the list. Um, the guy's a beast. He's going to be your kind of your carpet slower bag, high friction bag style player. He has mechanically a legit pitch. Um, he made a strong run at one of the opens. I think one of the candidates to be in maybe in the bottom four, if you will, uh, potentially could win this thing along with Chris Fagan. You mentioned Fagan, uh, military guy, Navy. I got him a first peak. It was at the USA Cornhole Armed Forces event this season um, at Colorado Springs. He was definitely a standout for me. Another, he throws a a committed like tilt bag. So you see a lot of players who throw a constant throwing hand tilt, which means for a right, he, he's constantly playing a right to left. Um, but that that typically can work for those style of players. Those guys typically can cut well. They can throw some type of a hop or a roll bag. Um, he's going to be interesting. I think he could be your bottom four as well. Um, he's a guy, what I like about Fagan is he's pretty open about, I don't wear, you know, he's one of those, I don't wear jerseys guys. You know, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's definitely a military. He's like, you'll never catch me in a jersey. I like women. I don't post my stats. Cause I like women, you know, he's like one of those man, man kind of guys. Um, so yeah, he, he'll be interesting. I think he'll make a, a run. And then I've also heard the name and only been a stat watcher of trip Baker. Uh, I'm excited to see him play. I haven't actually seen live play, but just with data coming across my screen, I've seen some stuff that's caught my eye. Um, and he no, worthy. No, I think he's in the same, I think he's in the same area as Crabtree. And those guys went head to head in a regional and Baker lost to Crabtree. So if those guys run into each other deep, just recently they went head to head in a regional where uh, Crabtree got the win. So I'd be curious to see how that plays out, Mish. Yeah, those are some of the players I was looking at as well. So uh, no surprises there. And uh, Wally, I think, had Trip on his list. So we got to hear a little bit about him. I mean, I remember Kimberly from doing some stuff with the blog and noticing, wow, she's making some deep runs there. So uh, I'm looking for some of those same names as well. But now it is time to kind of shift over to our draft that's happening on Sunday. We have some special guests here with us today that are going to kind of give us an insight into what they're looking into for the draft strategy coming up. So welcome Alex Rawls and Cheyenne Bubenheim from the Florida Freeze uh, to the hey. show. Hey, y'all doing? What's up, y'all? Hey, 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 hey. You guys, right. ready? You guys, hold on. They don't have to drive, Michelle. So I think, I mean, they have to drive to, to yeah. Myrtle Beach. So I think they're going to get to Myrtle Beach okay. I think they're, not. I mean, thank God, because so many of us are struggling to get to Myrtle Beach with all the flights being canceled. I wish I could drive, but California is a bit far. Uh, so I have to rely on a plane and I don't have my own plane. So I'm at the mercy of the airlines, <laughs> just like most people, but uh, really excited to uh, see what happens on Sunday. So um, I guess my first question to, I'll, I guess I'll start with you, Alex, is how are you preparing for the draft coming up on Sunday? Are you really doing some research? Are you just, do you feel like you kind of know the players? What, what are you doing coming up to Sunday? I mean, to be honest, I feel like I uh, have a pretty good understanding of uh, all the players that are out there to draft. Um 
I think it's going to be a very fun day. Um, we're going to be working very collective together as a group, me, Cheyenne, and Cody Johnson, included with Josh Alford. Um, we're all going to have a say, and uh, I think it's going to be a very fun day. Cheyenne, specifically for you, last year you were in you were in you know a similar but different position, right? But you kind of were on an island last year, and you were very open to the fact that you had a plan coming in. It kind of got thrown to the wayside, and then as soon as you drafted somebody, it was like pull everybody together and let's do this collaboratively. Can you speak a little bit to what the difference has been and how you felt last year versus now going into this draft, you being not just a sole captain, but more of a, a part of a team that's working cohesively to draft a team together. Um, so last year, um, going into the draft, I was very confident with my first pick. I was obviously going to pick James Baldwin, and then Adam Hisner threw, uh, threw me a loop. And uh, <laughs> I had to go on to something else. Obviously, Jamie Graham, a great pickup. But um, I was very nervous going into the draft last year, and as soon as the teams or the players that were in the building were drafted, they came over, sat with me and helped me through it. Um, I had a great team. Everyone was team players and wanted to win. I think that was part of our, something that led to our success. For sure. For sure. <clears throat> hey, I don't think we can overlook that. We're talking to the champ here, guys. We are talking to the <laughs> champ right here. Um, so obviously last last year worked out well for you uh, as as the captain, as the winning captain, as the champ. Do you think coming into this season there you're at an advantage? Maybe this is, you know, being your second time around. You learn something from the draft process. You learn something with maybe how to set up rosters, working with a team. Do you feel like you have an advantage coming in that could help uh, help the Florida freeze uh, maybe come out with another victory? Um, I feel like my biggest advantage for uh, this draft is just knowing – uh, the types of players and not necessarily their types of play styles, but um, outside of their, the play, like their personalities and things. That was one thing that I really tried to do was kind of match on team chemistry who I thought had similar play styles, but who would also mesh. And that was how I drafted it kind of as in partner groups. Well, it obviously worked. And I always like to make sure people know that I chose the woodchucks to win. So that's just needs to be said. So good job, <laughs> Cheyenne, for making me look smart. Uh, but you know, you guys did incredible. And I think that's a great strategy uh, going in there with team chemistry. Alex, what is your thought about drafting like doubles partners or regional or things like that? What are you thinking going into it? I mean, obviously chemistry is going to be a big part of it and their attitudes. Um, I'm going to be looking for players that I know that uh, they're going to be team players. Um, no, like, singling out or you know they're not going to be an, an, a negative energy on our team um obviously also i'm also going to be looking for talent um how they carry themselves on and off the boards just i'm, I'm basically looking for the overall person and how they um act you know so we'll see uh we got the eighth pick in the draft uh we'll see who's left and uh when sunday comes we'll find out <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of expanding a little bit on on kind of what Michelle was getting at. So uh, talent, I get it. Chemistry, get it. Um, as far as all the different factors that come into decisions to draft people, are you in the freeze? Are you, are you looking for um, bag selection at all? Is that coming into any play into your decisions? And then any regional bias, right? Are you 
does it interest you or do you have added desire to draft players from Florida to try to make this more of a, a Florida team? I mean, you know, region region would be cool. You know, drafting players around your area would be nice because you can, you know, practice with them, do, you know, talk to them on a daily basis. Uh, people you hang, hang out with outside of Cornell would be nice. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be cliche and just say chemistry and skill and all that. But, you know, that's that's really the basis of drafting is just drafting players that you think you can work well with and uh, can benefit you in the long run for your team. I love it. Hey, I, I just want to recognize Alex real quick. I mean, we're talking about a rookie came <laughs> into the league, young guy, now sitting in front of us as a captain of one of the ACL teams. So congrats on that. It really shows what you were able to accomplish last year. Um, also looking at the the roster of captains, probably one of the youngest captains, youngish. We've got Tony Smith out there, a Jacob Trzinski. Having to be a leader, I mean, you're going to be dealing with, you know, multiple age groups, 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds who play in this league at a high level. What do you think about being a leader or a captain of a team as one of the younger, if not youngest, captains uh, to lead a team through this? What are your thoughts on that? Is that, is that even a factor? I mean, I think I'm a great team player, man. I don't uh, – I think I'll – I think I'll do just fine. Um, I'm very understanding of players and like what they want to do. Um, whoever we draft, I'll definitely every everybody in the group will be included on teams and who wants to play together. And you know, back selections will be their choice. I mean, everything. Um, you know, I'm just I'm just going to do the best that I can to draft the best players that I feel that can work together. And then you know, my team, uh, we're all just going to work together and uh, try to come out with a win. And you know. Obviously, having Cheyenne is going to help. She's experienced it. She won last year. Um, even though she's not the head captain, she will be um, just as much of a captain as me, as well as Cody Johnson, as well as Josh Alford as our team uh, manager. Um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is going to be a very fun year for uh, Florida Breeze. Yeah, absolutely. Cheyenne, I think some of the success also came last season from some of your deeper picks. So what are you doing this season to make sure that you have that same strength in the, you know, let's say five to 10 round picks? Um, I really think, and this is credit to my husband, Brandon. Uh, he knows a lot more of those uh, rookie players. I didn't know a lot of them or their skill set. So I think knowing, I'm, I'm sure Alex knows um, now, um, those rookies and the, that deeper level of talent. So I think he's going to be able to recognize that and we'll put them together in a great team. Alex, how has the energy been kind of around teams this year? Maybe, maybe it's with the free specifically, like, do you, do you have more of the, the people in your region getting excited about what you guys are going to put together? I mean, has there been additional energy from you guys as captains? I mean, to me, and this is a vibe I got from a lot of pros last year, and Cheyenne probably felt the same way, that she kind of stumbled into whatever this captainhood of of this team was. But now it feels a little bit more calculated, a little bit more energy behind it. Would you Would you agree? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, F Florida is very excited. Um, I'm I'm very, uh, you know, grateful for representing uh, Florida Freeze um, as our region. Um, you know, obviously, I've gotten like people telling me who I should draft, who I should take, who I should wait for, and you know, I'm just 
I'm just going to sit there at that table with me, Cheyenne, and Cody Johnson to start, and, and me and Josh Alford. And, uh, I mean, we're, we're just, we're just going to do the best we can. That's all I'm, that's all I'm going with. How many rounds is your brother going to let you pass up on him before he gets pissed, man? Like, he say, hey, you don't take me by round four. We got a problem. We got a problem. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to let the cards play out. Yeah, yeah. Does that come into play, though, knowing your your brother's out there as a draft pick, or are you truly going, hey, I, I'm looking at the big picture here. I'll take you when it's time kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> He obviously uh, hit me with little riddles, but you know I'll. I'm definitely just gonna listen to my team, and uh, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do my best to not be. I'm do my best to be unbiased. Is all I'm gonna say. At, at least for the first round, uh, you're able to kind of play out some scenarios. Um, yeah. In your first pick, you know we we talked last week. You know some some players are a little bit higher up. They can come up with a plan A, a plan B, a plan C because a lot of less things happen down at eight. A lot of things could happen. But are you targeting? a Florida player in your first pick? Because let's face it, you have a lot of talent coming out of Florida. Uh, Hamilton, your brother Rawls, a lot of the ladies. I mean, Malone, there's a lot of talent out of Florida. Are you looking at Florida maybe for a first pick or or, or, or are you open to whatever? Um, I'm really open to whatever. And, you know, it's 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 not just me. We're all going to sit there and we're going to uh, decipher and who was taken here, who was taken there, who's left, you know, I don't really want to go into like my thought presses of who I'm like looking at right now, but I got you, you know, I'm we're, we're all just going to sit there and we're going to figure it out. And uh, I'm just going to take the best player on the board that I feel can help me out the best in the long run. Yeah. Yeah, Trey, I I think that's a good, I think that's a, sorry, Trey. I think that's a good topic because there are a few States that could probably make an ACL teams with just their state and yeah. be competitive and florida is definitely one of those uh so yeah i was just curious where you're gonna go with that because you have a huge talent pool to pick from you know just piggybacking off of that i was one of them kind of like have you planned out already the first round like i mean have you guys or maybe even the second round like do you guys have a list that's saying look this person's available we're taking this person or how much are you going into fully planned like we talked to the marauders last week right the Marauders know who they're picking at four. If it's not this person, if this person gets picked, it's then this person. They literally have a list that they're just going down the list. And once it hits four, they look at who their best pay, available pick is, and they're taking them. Have you guys gone to that level of detail, or are you really trying to play this each pick by feel? I have. I have I have made a few lists. Um, I'm not going to go into the list, obviously, but I have made a few lists. Of uh, players I would take in the first, second, and third round. Um, yeah, and we're just going to see uh, how it plays out. Hey, All Cheyenne, right. one, last, one last question for you, if I could, because this one, this one I get caught up in as well. So when we talk about talent, I think most of the time we think, you know, at least I do, you know, how, how well does this person perform? I, I don't know why I think singles. How, how well does this person perform in singles? And then I think a first to 21 game, but we know in this shootout format, it's neither one of those. It's a doubles format and it's round limited. Cheyenne, do you, do you, when you, when you're assessing talent, are you thinking doubles format and shootout limited format? Or are you just thinking like talent in general? Um, Definitely for the draft, I would think doubles format, just because you kind of think of their chemistry of their part of them and their pro partner 
just type things like that. Um, of course, you also think about singles, but I think it's more of a doubles basis. Yeah, it definitely changes what yeah. you're doing strategy-wise, I would think. All right, guys, it's been uh, so awesome to spend some time with you. We can't wait to see you this weekend and see how the draft plays out for you. Uh, but until then, we will uh, say goodbye for now. No, appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, guys. See ya. Thanks, guys. Okay, are you ready for some board bets, guys? Ready for it? It's our first getting into the board line. Some money. Let's make people yeah. some money. <laughs> yes, you, are, you will be responsible for their uh, excitement or not <laughs> based on your opinions. All right, let's get into the first one. So I'm going to read you the line, and then you let me know if this is a bet you would take. First one, Samantha Finley plus 1,000. Um, what do you think, Trey? Would you take that bet? Yeah, so – yeah, real, real quick, recapping, again, pro shootout number one, money line odds, again, for hopefully we're bringing, we're expanding people into the sports betting space for cornhole, right? So money line odds, um, you know, bet $100, what can you win? Or what do you have to bet to win $100? It's better if it's a plus or minus. So for pro shootout number one, Sam Finley, plus 1,000. I love the bet. Back-to-back um, -back years, Sam Finley has been the second best female yep. in the pro shootout series, right? I can get the second best female for plus 1,000. Put $100 down. If she wins pro shootout number one, I win 1,000. I love it, Anthony. I love, love, love this one. Agree completely. Uh, and if you look at the list, she's fifth in the odds. So DraftKings may be pushing her down a little bit. I think she's worthy of a little more. I love her at 10 to 1. You've got Cheyenne, Belvin, Altice, Cassidy, all valued a little bit higher. And... Finley is trending up. You mentioned the the track record of being second. I think she's coming into the season crazy hot right now. I feel like she's got a bag in her hand that she's liking. She looks great on the boards. I'm taking this. I'm taking this bet all day, Misha. Agreed. Mark Richards plus three fifty. Mark Richards number one in men's singles right now as far as odds to win this first shootout. Don't like it for two reasons. One, he's never won a single shootout before, and number two. I think he's messing around too much with this block and roll stuff. I'm seeing some stuff from Miguel Villa on Twitter. He's getting ready for the shootout because he wants – you need to block and roll to win shootouts. No, you don't. Oh, no. You need to block and roll to win shootouts. <laughs> you need to – maybe sometimes you need to be a little bit conservative. Fine. But that doesn't mean you need to block and roll to do that. I, I don't I, – I wouldn't take Mark Richards here. Anthony? I hate it. I do I not like Mark Richards at 350. I was actually surprised when I saw the odds. I was like, ooh, someone someone didn't get this right. Um, yes, he is the number one player on the in the planet right now. But again, like you were saying, Trey, we're talking about a shootout format. The track record uh, isn't good. I mean, uh, everyone else in the field, so as the favorite, everyone else is getting better odds. I'll use Alex Rawls as a good example. He's getting paid out double compared to Mark Richards. I would take that double money on Alex Rawls all day. Now, as I was saying earlier, you change that to a, a first to 21 format. I like Richards, but no thanks at 350. I, I, I would want 800 at least to, to buy on Richards. Yeah, we don't have the track record yet for Mark in the shootout series. What about Alec Ryan at 2800? Alec Ryan 2800 is is good. It's pretty good value. Now, the, the only issue is you're picking an outright winner. I love Ryan. Do I think he can come through in this shootout and win this shootout? It's tough. This is, I think this is a really great line for Alec Ryan because it's 
It wants me to take it. It's twenty eight hundred. I'll say I like it um, at twenty eight hundred. It's it, but it's a pretty good line in my opinion. Okay, Anthony, do you agree? Yeah, he's getting the same odds as Noah Wooten and Ryan Smith. So congrats to him. Uh, he's being recognized right now for his value. I thought it was weird, though. I thought he would kind of be down a little bit more. I thought we had this secret on Alec Ryan. Like, we know something DraftKings doesn't. Uh, <laughs> apparently, they know. So I was a little bit bummed to see 28-1. to 1, But I still like it at 28-1. to 1. We have to keep in mind, he's got to win something on a TV broadcast this would be his first broadcast. So he's got to kind of win it through his first time, through the nerves, through the lights. Talking to the guy a little bit, actually quite a bit recently, he seems to have the mindset and just the attitude to handle a broadcast, I think. I think he would be good on a TV broadcast. I agree. Uh, Cheyenne, Bubenheim, and Frank Maudlin plus 2,200. What do we think? I should have asked Cheyenne about this partnership <laughs> when we had her on. Yeah, we, we should have. I, I, you know what? I like it, right? I'm rooting for it. So, right. So to, give me, I, I'll, 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 if, if you can lay something down on it, maybe it just further, further pushes them to do well. I, I like, I like Bubenheim and, and Maudlin, especially because we don't know. I kind of like the rookies and the don't know aspect of it, because that might be somewhere where you can get some value, right? You don't know how someone's going to compete in a pro field until they actually play for the first time. I don't know how Bubenheim and Maudlin are going to play this season until they play together for the first time. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Anthony? I think it's just about right. It's a coin flip, in my opinion. I think they nailed it right where the odds are. Modeling improved. Cheyenne definitely holding steady as a top talent, what she showed us last season. Together, they're going to be tough. I'm not sure what bag they're going to throw. Uh, I, my guess is Cheyenne is going to move to Modlin's bag. She has history with a game changer with an all slide. She threw the 2.0 last year, which has that same kind of floppy feel in the hand. Um, I'm a little on the fence on this one. I think it's a coin flip, but I'll, I'm going to, I'd bet it. I'd bet it at 22 to one. All right. Last one, Justin Burton jr. Plus 5,500. It's a huge odds. I just, I just don't see Burton jr. In, in some capacity being able to go through this entire field. I think it's just a look. I know it's a really high odd, but I, I don't love it. Maybe Anthony loves it. It's just, it's just a, it's just, Really high, high, high hill to climb here. Too risky. What do you think? I love it at 55 to one. <laughs> he loves it. Okay. I mean, let's break it down real quick. He's a rookie of the year candidate. He's a shooter. This dude is cornhole all day. He's a world champ bracket winner. He made it to the championship at Worlds, second overall. He qualified on points. I don't know of a better resume, possible resume, other than winning Worlds, one more spot ahead. 55 to one all day. I actually, this is my favorite long shot dark horse bet yeah. that I saw on the list. I love that one at 55, but similar to Alec Ryan, he's got to get through a TV broadcast, put a young guy on a TV who hasn't done that before for one game. What happens? We, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. Know. We don't know. We'll have to find out. And if it happens, boy, will you look smart, Anthony? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move into high school. We have our uh, high school championship coming up this weekend as well. Uh, we wanted to look at some singles or doubles that we can look out for. Who do you who do you got, Trey? Yeah, I mean, there the two two names in particular kind of stick out to me as someone that uh, I've seen in the past play at elite level. One is Eli Porter. I think Eli Porter jumped onto the scene for me last year when when Trey Birchfield was a, a world champion and coming off of his world championship in Virginia beach, he loses to this kid named Eli Porter. And at the time 
you know, we now know now that Trey Birchfield had a little bit of a down year in 2022, but going into 2022, it was like, wait, the, the robot just lost to an amateur who was in high school. Like it was kind of a weird yeah. concept to, 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 to think about. So um, he's certainly on a list for me. I, I think a lot of eyes as expected will be and should be on Maddie McBride. Yes. She really excelled at this event last season. She was there at the end. Um, she's there again this year. Um, we saw what she did at the World Championships in both co-ed doubles um, as well as the women's events. She's an elite-level player, right? She's an elite-level player, and now she's competing for a national high school championship. I think to an extent, she should be one of the major favorites here. When I look through this entire list of what we have at the moment – Sure, there are other some other names that jump out and stick out to me as someone that will con con contend with Maddie as far as the top. But I I think it wouldn't be crazy to put Maddie in that top three list as far as odds on favorites for this national high school championship. Absolutely, but I'm sure we're going to hear about some Colorado kids. Is that going to happen, Anthony? <laughs> yeah, we definitely got to mention the Colorado kids, but uh, you mentioned Maddie McBride. Uh, I don't see her on the list. I think there's some people actually not in this list. Uh, Caitlin Ham. Uh, I, I, I've heard she's going to be there. I don't see her on the list, though. But I think, based on what we've seen in the last six months, uh, something tells me she's got a leg up on Maddie McBride right now. I mean, I feel like we've yeah. seen a lot more Caitlin Ham. So um, I first saw these ladies. It was another USA Cornhole event, the club championship. We were out in Nashville. And we're in a room full of pros and these young girls. I mean, they must have been 14 at the time. Who are these girls? Immediately, you can see the talent. So two years ago, they were already good. Fast forward. Now they're 16, 17 and absolutely killing it. Not just in the female division. These girls compete with men and they take down. It doesn't matter. They're taking down elite level players. So certainly I would be shocked if one of these ladies wasn't in the bottom four. Um and if they're a doubles team, because Trey, I think we have, do we have singles, doubles, and teams? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Singles, doubles, and teams. Yeah, you put those two girls together and it's going to be tough to beat them. But that would lead me to the Colorado boys. Um, Gavin Hammond, Jackson Remick, uh, a definite elite level talent, definitely as a pro team. These are the Colorado state champs. Um, these are conference champs, regional champs. I mean, they're making a lot of noise locally and traveling uh they've got a win over um who was it they beat fisher and alec ryan i think at the last at the last open so that's the caliber play you're going to get out of these guys um they also got cooper bingham um and cooper bilbury as a team of four they're going to be pretty tough um but those are the ones that kind of popped out to me on that list trey uh, again a lot of names i don't recognize so excited to see a whole nother pool of, of players especially the young players we know what kind of typically, for the most part, we know what kind of play we're going to get out of the young young people. I was going to say, how many of those high school players do you think are throwing carpet? What percentage? Yeah, pretty high. Yeah, pretty high. 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 Yeah. <laughs> uh, not and, very many and, and, slick side game changers, yeah. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I'd be shocked I mean, if, I, if I saw that. Yeah, I saw I, slick side game changers. I agree with you, Anthony. I, Caitlin Hand's not on my registration list. Maddie McBride is on my list at the very bottom. But if, if Ham is going, then yes. Take whatever I just said about Maddie McBride and double that double. and add a little bit with Caitlin Ham, right? So if they both end up playing. And I think they're from the same school district. So they, like I said, that doubles teams again, like 
be interested to see if they can find two other people from their school district to kind of round out a team, yeah. the teams element, right? So, um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to watch the the high school kids again. They're always impressive wherever they go. That's for sure. All right, let's get into buy or sell. I'm going to read some names, and you let me know if you think these players will win a pro shootout this year. First one, we talked about it. Mark Richards. Okay, maybe not the first one, but do you think any? Because this was my yeah. hot take before. Gosh, right? I mean, what? I'm going to buy it. Um, okay. I think Mark Richards, we'll get into some other players in a minute, but I, I don't think it was necessarily his play style that hurt him last year. Now, if he goes out and changes his, his throwing style and his play style here, for this upcoming event. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. Don't do that, Mark. Like, I don't think that's a smart idea. Um, he's the best player in the world. If he's not, he's number two, he's number three, whatever. I think he wins one as long as he stays true to his normal style of play. It was good enough for Josh Holland. It can be good enough for Mark Richards. True. Anthony. I agree. I think he's going to win one. Uh, again, he is the reigning best player on the planet, no matter what format it is. The guy is definitely due to win one. Um, now, if we talk just winning one period, he's a strong pick in doubles. He's going to be able to pull elite level partners because he is Mark Richards. If he stays within bag sponsors only, because we're seeing that a lot too, players looking to their sponsored uh, their sponsored brothers and sisters as partners. He has another elite level pool to pull from. So he's got some strong players there in singles. I do like that. He's evolving his game. I love the fact that he's messing with a roll bag, but like you said, Trey overdoing it is going to, here's what we're going to know. If there's a, if there's two or three bags piled up at a level two and he chooses to roll over that instead of airmail, then I know Mark Richards is making the wrong decision. Last year, he would fire an airmail over that all day, and he hits at a high percentage rate. He's an underrated airmailer. I think he might be top five in the league. So that setup, if I see him roll over that, I'm going to have to go, yep, he's out. He's not going to win a shootout. But stay where you know, oh, no. stay where your game is strong. But then there's going to be those situations where you have a choice. Should I lay up for one or roll and squeeze two points out? That's when Mark Richards should roll right there. Okay. Well, kind of similar situation. What about Matt Guy? What do you think? Buy or sell? Hmm, this one is hard. This <laughs> one is so hard. I've gone back and forth. I'm pretty sure we did something similar where we said, Matt Guy, would he win one or something like that? With Or Mark Richards, they both win one. And I feel like I might be going back and forth on this. And it's probably because internally I keep jumping back and forth on this, right? I just, I still am looking at some of the statistics Matt Guy is putting up at these different events. And I know PPR is not everything, but sometimes the guy more, there, at least five tournaments a year, he averages like a 10, seven, five or above. It's insane. At a tournament. Mm -hmm. It's like, if you're going to do that, you ha you're gonna win one, right? I just can't fathom Matt guy going three years in a row without winning a shootout in singles. I just can't, I can't stomach it, Anthony. So I have no. to buy it. I'm buying it because it math doesn't make sense if I sell it. <laughs> yeah. I think they say that that's like not how odds work though. Yeah. <laughs> Those stats, like it's actually not how it works. What do you think, Anthony? Yeah, we're on the same 
can't stomach wavelength here on this one, Trey. Uh, bet, betting against Matt Guy typically is not a winning strategy. I mean, bottom line, he's the GOAT. We can't deny that. At first glance, though, we're all mind blown. He hasn't won a shootout yet or a singles, shootout singles. We should be specific about singles. Yeah. Um, but when we look a little deeper into his style and strategic play, there lies the why he hasn't won. I'm really hoping me she comes out this season with a different strategy against a level one block. Tame the airmail a little bit, and I fully expect someone who's considered the GOAT to know their weaknesses, come out this season with an improved push game. They don't need to push a level three, but give me a push on a level one at least. Um, yeah, my conscience isn't letting me bet against Matt Guy. I'm going to buy that one. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we interviewed or so, I don't know. I talked to him at some point and he was like, I'm not changing it, but maybe, maybe I dreamt <laughs> it. I don't know. But I feel like that conversation happened. All right. Let, what about Connie Altice? What do we think? Yeah, this is like, I just, I feel like she was a shoe in last year and yes. it was just like, yeah. didn't make sense. Right. And then again, this is kind of Matt Guy syndrome for me. It doesn't make sense for this not to happen. Right. So I'm, I'm going to, I got to buy it again. I think Connie Altice definitely takes one. Anthony, you agree? Yeah. I would have lost the bet last season. If we said Altice didn't win one, I'd be like, yes, she's going to win one. She didn't win one. I, it was crazy. Uh, number four female in the world last season. She's an amazing bag running talent. Um, yeah. I'm going to buy this one. Um, she, Never mind. I lost my thought. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say. I feel like I was gonna say. I feel like sometimes the broadcast lights might be a little bright, but I don't know. Maybe that's crazy. Uh, Here's my thought. I just it, it lost me for a minute. Is we have to keep in mind though that the women the women talent pool is growing exponentially. So yeah. it's going to be harder yes. for her to win this season. But I think that she's such a good talent. Now, if you ask me if she's going to be number four in the world again this year. I probably yeah. wouldn't buy that, but I think she still has what it takes to win it to win a shootout, even in an improved women's field. Okay. What about Gavin Cano? This one's harder. This one's harder. Because... Oh, did Trey freeze? Yeah, I'll take over for a second. So this one's <laughs> this one's tough for me, Mish. Um, I actually love Cano as a sleeper pick. Yeah. Um, and, and he's getting, by the way, he's getting 55 to one odds like Justin Burton Jr. Um, okay. The same line. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think that he would be good. Um, the thing is, is God, this one's really hard. Um, my gut tells me I want to buy this one as a long shot win. Um, <laughs> yeah, but here's the but thing. Would you bet it? Yeah. He'll need to I'm play back. in all. I got you, Trey. He'll need to play in all eight to win it. There's yeah. some guys that could probably go out to two or three and win it. That's true. O'Connell has to show up to all eight, but if he does show out to all eight, he could be one of those surprise wins that comes yeah. out of a shootout. All right. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna sell it. Oh, you sell no, it. I just don't. I, I just don't. I think it's it's too tough of a field. I want to see how he commits before I'm able to buy that. You know, I, I want to see how he plays in the pro division before I can buy into the fact that. He's ready to win one. Yep. All right, last one. How about a rookie female? This is so tough, yeah. right? Because when I'm thinking about the female side, you got to have eight winners. Who are my – to me, the shoe-ins are Bubenheim, Finley, Belvin, and Hunter. 
I don't think there's going to be many people out there that would argue that those four won't win one. Right. So then I got four left. Yeah. I don't think so. I'm going to say sell. I, I would love to see Emily Downer win one. Love to see it. She's got a good game for it. I'm just playing the odds game. I'm going to sell yeah. it. Anthony. I'm on the same same sheet of music there. I mean, what? I didn't see Downer in the in the shoot. So how committed is she? She didn't. She's not showing up to shoot out one. How yeah. committed is she to showing up to things? You got to show up to him to win them. Uh, I think Hugeback was a late entry. I could be wrong, but kind of the same story. I think those are your two best bets at winning uh, at a female rookie winning. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm gonna sell it as well. All right, you got a hot take, Trey? Do I have a hot take? Uh, it's kind of it, it, it's kind of boring, but I'm gonna go okay. with it. National high school championship, a female wins singles. Mm. Oh, I love it, man. I love okay, it. That's good. That's not so boring. I like it. Anthony, what do you got? All right, I'm gonna go with two uh, shootout singles as well. Um, I'm gonna go with two dark horse players. According to DraftKings, both of these boys are around that 30 to one odds. So winning this one, you know, could be a hot take. Two different types of games, so they would be approaching it. Very differently. My hot take, Kyle Malone or Alec Ryan win shootout singles. Oh, okay. My hot take is that I get to Myrtle Beach. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping it's not a hot take, but uh, it feels like one at the sizzling moment. Sizzling hot. So, <laughs> sizzling hot. I hope I get there uh, and see everybody. But uh, yeah, we're just going to hold hold that out there. <laughs> so that's all we got time for today. We'll see you guys all in Myrtle Beach. Get ready for an exciting weekend and a really fun draft day on Sunday. And we'll see you all then.